I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Suffer the word of exhortation, the apostle says. He's wrapping up his book. He's giving his last appeal to the brethren, to the people here, to the congregation. You've heard what I have said. You have listened to this book that has been read in your hearing. And now I implore you, I exhort you. This is my last entreaty to you, brethren. Suffer the word of exhortation. Now there are two things in the verse. There is, first of all, the entreaty itself. To suffer the word of exhortation. And then there is this reason that he gives. Or appears to give. For I have written a letter unto you in few words. Now this is unusual. Especially the reason that he gives. And it is a most difficult verse. Hard to comprehend and understand actually what he's saying here. As we shall see. But we consider the first thing first of all. I want to start with the entreaty. And this word suffer. Suffer the word of exhortation. That's an important word in the church. In every generation. To the people of God. And to all who come into the church. And to all who listen to the preaching. Suffer the word. It's a very important word. It is especially an important word today. In this generation in which we find ourselves. And this generation, perhaps more than any other generation, has to be told, will you not suffer the word? Will you not endure it, the word? This is an age whenever people don't suffer sermons, when they can't endure preaching. The word's easy to illustrate, this word suffer, in the New Testament. You remember our Lord Jesus Christ, he loved sinners, but he had great patience and long-suffering towards them. And there were things about people that he, he did not like. He didn't like faithlessness. He didn't like unbelief. He didn't like a perverse attitude, a difficult attitude, a, a stubborn attitude, a kind of a contrary attitude. He didn't like to see that in people. And on one occasion, he spoke to the people and he said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. It's as if he's frustrated with them. Oh, faithless and perverse people. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? How long shall I suffer you? It's the same word. You had to suffer the people. He had to suffer their unbelief, their faithlessness, their perverseness, their, their difficult attitude and ways. And he did suffer it. And he did endure it. So it implies something that perhaps you don't have a good taste for. That you don't have a, a bent for. That you have to suffer it. It, it nearly implies that you dislike it. You know, if you're going to get it, you're going to just have to endure it. It's that kind of word, so it is unusual. 
And yet Paul knows why he, he uses it and he, that he has to use it in the church. Take John the Baptist. Do you remember Jesus came to him to be baptized? And John was surprised. He says, Lord, I need you to baptize me. And you want me to baptize you? He didn't want to do that. I mean, he, he knew that he wasn't worthy to unloose the laces of the Lord Jesus. And he's going to baptize him. He didn't want to do it. And the Lord Jesus said, suffer it, John. Suffer it to be so. Just obey. Just do it. Even though it's against your grain, do it. Because it becomes us, the both of us, you and me, to fulfill all righteousness. This is your service too, John. And so while he was a humble man and didn't want to baptize the Lord, he did. He suffered it. Paul uses a word in the second epistle to Timothy. He said, it's in a similar context in Acts. In fact, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. The word of exhortation. Do all of that, Timothy. Do it with long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come. They will not endure. And that's the same word. The time will come. They will not suffer. Sign doctrine. They won't suffer the word of exhortation. They won't suffer the teaching. They won't suffer the doctrine. But after their own hearts, they'll find an easier way to get a word. They shall heap to themselves teachers. Plenty of teachers. But they're not the kind of teachers who will be giving the word of exhortation. They'll be the kind of teachers that they won't have to suffer and endure. The kind of teachers... That will give them a little pickle. And it'll be nice. It'll be so nice. It'll be so good. Itching ears. And they'll get a wee scratch in their ears. We've really come to those times, haven't we, that Paul's predicted? People not suffering the word, not enduring it. It's contrary to the heart. It's contrary to the life. It's difficult for them. And they go where it's easy. And you don't have to endure it. Or suffer it. And a verse like this of Paul's. You wouldn't even need a verse like this. Of Paul's in such a context. Because it's nice ear tickling stuff. You don't have to endure it. Or suffer it. This ear itching stuff. That you don't have to think too much about. That you don't have to. Spend too long listening to. That you don't have to put any effort into. You know that that's not even going to do anything in your life. Just get a wee tickle in your ear and off you go and it's nice. Well, we're in that age, aren't we? I think so. People will not suffer preaching this day and generation. That's why they want preaching off the streets. That's why they want open-air preaching bound. They can't suffer. They can't suffer the word of exhortation. They can't suffer to be told God's will and God's ways. They can't endure it. They won't have it. And they resist it and oppose it. And the pressure is on us. It's on preachers. The pressure is on preachers to omit preaching. 
to replace preaching, to get ear-tickling stuff in its place, to replace it, to restrict it, to reverse it into a back kind of a seat. This is the age of the non-endurance of preaching. Paul knows it's coming. This word of Paul then implies that he expects some of his listeners to find the word hard to take. And it is at times. We have been through this book together. It's taken us quite a while. It's been hard work. It's hard work to prepare the messages. It's been hard work to hear the messages. We've had to put on our thinking caps. We've had to turn things over and over and over and over again. It has rebuked us. It has challenged us. It has cut us. It has hurt us. It has searched us. It has convicted us. And it's taken us a very long time. And and you've had to endure as we've gone through this book. You've suffered it. As Paul says, suffered it. He's speaking about this book, you know. That's what he's talking about, the word of exhortation. He's not just talking about any word of exhortation. He's talking about his book. His sermon, his homily, suffer the word of exhortation. Of course, we're to suffer every word of exhortation. But he has in mind this this epistle, this book. Suffer it. Don't give up on it. Take time. Spend time. Listen to it. Make the effort. Put on your thinking cap. Let it challenge you. Obey it. So by word of exhortation, I think he's clearly speaking of his book. What is Hebrews? I've said to you, it's unique, it's different. It's not like an ordinary epistle. It is a homily, it is a word of exhortation. It's like a preacher preaching. It's full of exhortations. Full of counsel and appeals. You remember all of those, let us, let us. Let us therefore. It's full of it. This chapter in particular is full of it. Chapter 13. Let brotherly love continue. Don't be forgetful to entertain strangers. Remember them that are in bonds. Verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Verse 6. Remember those who rule over you. Who speak to you the word of God. Don't be carried about with divers and strange doctrines. It's good for the heart to be established. Let's go on to Christ outside the camp, bearing his reproach. Let us offer the sacrifices of praise continually. And do good and don't forget to communicate. And obey them that have the rule over you. And on and on we could go. It's just a constant word of exhortation. But they have to suffer. Maybe some things about it they're not liking. So the word of exhortation. Suffer it. We might say today. Suffer the sermon. Or we might say suffer. Suffer the preaching. Or suffer the homily. Maybe in older times they might have said that. The Lord calls you brethren and sisters. To suffer the word. Not want to replace it, not want to restrict it, not want to push it out, not want to set bounds on it, not want to have something in its place for a little while so we can have 
ear tickling sessions, suffering. Week after week, month after month, year after year, till you see the Lord in glory, suffering. Suffering. That's what the church needs to hear today. That's what every denomination needs to hear today. Not replace it. Suffer it. Let it continue. And if you don't like it, just endure it. And suffer it. So we are to endure sermons. And it would be nice if we could even go beyond that. And enjoy it. And want it. And welcome it. And bless God for it. But because sometimes it, it's hard and it hurts and it searches, as the old godly woman said, doesn't the word make us feel so bad about ourselves? Yes, it does. But we have to suffer it. Because it's good for us. And so we have to endure it. Especially when it's cutting us. What ought you to endure then and to suffer about the messages and about the word of exhortation? I suppose we could look at it from a number of angles. We could say that maybe the weakness of the vessel that gives the word, maybe you have to suffer him. Because the word of exhortation doesn't come from a perfect vessel by any means. And so don't let the preacher's feelings and his inabilities put you off. No, suffer it. Even though it comes out of a, a grinding machine that kind of grinds on you. Suffer it. There's no perfect preacher. There's no preacher that has all the ability and all the gifts and the finest, wonderful personality that everybody just loves. There is no preacher that has it all. All preachers are very limited beings. And they have faults, and they have faults in their abilities, and they have faults in their understanding, they have faults in their delivery, they have faults in their loudness of delivery or their quietness of delivery. No preacher is perfect. It's the message that is important. And so if it's a case of the grinding preacher, and Paul is maybe saying, well, you know, maybe you don't like me, you prefer Apollos or somebody like that. Just, brethren, I beseech you, just suffer the sermon, no matter who preaches it. Just endure it. If he has a message, suffer the voice. If he has a message and it's God's word and it's an exhortation to your soul, just suffer the vessel that brings it. So it might be a case of endure the preacher. Endure the preacher. And don't let the limitations of the preacher prevent you benefiting from the word. Or even as mistakes. Focus on the word. The word of exhortation. Then it might be their length, the time, all oh, they go on and on. Some preachers can preach an hour, some preachers can preach more than an hour. Endure it. Suffer the word. However long it takes to get across, 
might be the theme. There's some themes we like, especially when it's battering people outside in the world. Or the apostates. We like that, don't we? But when it comes a wee bit closer to the house, when that's so fussed, suffer it. Suffer it. If it gets to the conscience, if it gets to the heart, enjoy it. It's doing you good. Must be. The Lord doesn't want you to run away because you know it's cut you. It's convicted you. So, suffer it. Or maybe it's deep. Well, he makes me have to think. I just want the simple gospel. I can sit there and I can, I can just suck it in and I don't have to think about it. You have to think. It can only get into our heart's truth by thinking upon it and letting it get into our hearts that way. It's through the mind. We have to think. So, if it makes you think, if it's deep, you have to get the, the wheels churning. And all the machinery working in that brain that hasn't been doing much except sitting on the pictures on the box. No, the sermon is meant to make you think. So we have to, you know, make the effort. We have to rise up to the challenge. We have to expect that it will be a gymnastic work for us to be under a sermon and listening to the word of God. We should want this. It should exercise our minds. It should stretch and pull us and shape us and chip away bits and pieces from us. It'll be like being in a stonemason's place where there's a lot of banging and clanging, a lot going on, and something being formed. And you have to suffer it. But if you want your ear tickled, well then, it'll not do you much good in your heart. That's the first thing then, to suffer the word of exhortation. Now we come to this second part, and this is a wee bit more difficult. Because it looks like a reason that is given that should help us or encourage us to suffer it. And the reason is, as I say, difficult to understand because it seems to say that the word of exhortation you ought to suffer. Paul is saying that I, I have written here this word of exhortation I have written it, and he says, I have written a letter unto you in a few words. <laughs> now, how do you explain that? You should suffer it because it's short. You should suffer it because, you see, it's just a few words, just a lot of sentences, just a lot of paragraphs. You should endure it. That's all it is. That's what it appears on the surface that he's saying. It's brief. It's not long. It's like saying suffer the sermon because it's a short sermon. And you ought to be able to suffer it. Because it's only a few minutes. This is a homily that's only five or ten minutes. So you, you suffer it. Suffer it. There's just something here is just not adding up. But what can he mean when he says this? For a start, it's not short at all. It's the second longest epistle in the New Testament. I think only Romans is longer than it. <laughs> and it's not a few words. It's not a few words. It's massive chapters. Deep paragraphs. Long, logical thoughts. 
stretched out. And it takes a lot of hours of study to get your mind around. It's anything but a few words. It's difficult. There are people who love short sermons, who wish they were shorter even. Is Paul worrying about the time? Is Paul really saying, suffer the sermon because it's short? I don't imagine Paul is one looking at his watch when he's getting a word across to the people. When he says it's brief, and it isn't brief, and there are those who say, well, this word of exhortation is the same as the letter, the, the word epistle. Suffer so this word of exhortation, it's just a brief epistle. And some people think that the exhortation and the epistle are the same thing. He's talking about the same thing. Many make it to say the same thing. And they explain that thus, Paul is just speaking relatively. That is, that in importance to the subject, it's only a few words. The subject is great. The subject is deep. The subject is massive. That is true. And I've just binded it into a few words. Some people think that's what he means. There is a great subject indeed in Hebrews. It's one of the greatest epistles. It's Christ-centered. Full of Christ. The preeminence of Christ. The glory of Christ. The deep things of the person and the work of Christ. The wonderful truths concerning him. It is a great epistle. And then it has solemn warnings. Very solemn warnings. Actually quite frightening warnings. That have scared many of God's people. Warnings of apostasy and turning away. And the great transgression. It's about salvation and the danger of apostasy. Glorious yet solemn. And in relation to all these truths, the weight of them and the extent of them and the great solemnity of them, these are just a few words. Relatively speaking, to the weight of the whole subject that I've just touched upon. You should be able to suffer it then. Because I have put it down in this form, such a deep, weighty, glorious theme that it would take volumes and volumes and a whole library to expound. And I've put it into this book of just a few words, these deep things. Surely you can endure that. Just a small book, but it's vital. It will tax you. It is true because of its depth, but it won't tax you because of its length. If you but make the effort, if you suffer it, if you put in the time and the work and the prayer and give the attentiveness that it deserves, it's a brief theology, it's a short talk, but it's life-changing if you'll just suffer it. This one book, this one word of exhortation. After all, what is it but a sermon? Just a sermon. 
So some people think that's, that's what he means. Something, something along those lines. So maybe Paul is saying, how long do you spend shopping? How long do you spend doing the things that give you pleasure? To put it in modern terms, how much time and effort do you give to your own things? How much time do you give to TV? How much time do you give to relatively unimportant things? How long will you spend watching a football match? Or give to sports? This is just a few words. To compare to all those activities that you go to and you give your energy to and you spend your time upon. Surely you can suffer a sermon for 40 minutes. Maybe it might even make an hour. So suffer it. This is far more important and shorter than a football match. Suffer it. So Paul maybe means that. But, but I think he means something else. I remind you, Hebrews is not the usual New Testament epistle. He uses the word epistle here at the end. I have written a letter, epistle, in a few words. But it's not like the usual letter. You know, the Romans, the Corinthians. It doesn't start the same. He gets straight into his sermon, and then he has a little thing at the end tagged on, one or two wee names, a few wee personal things in the last few verses. Unusual, different, utterly different. It's, it's like a sermon... It's like a homily. It has one united theme, Christ, the superiority of Christ. And then he pronounces a benediction. And then he has these few words at the end of a more personal nature about Timothy, about the saints in Italy, saluting you and all this and that. Tagged on at the end. And it's now at the end that he begins to refer to the epistle part. Now, as I said, a lot of commentators, maybe most for all I know, they, they take it that the exhortation and the epistle are the same. It's, it's an epistle and it's a word of exhortation in a few, few words. But may it not be that the sermon is the whole book, the word of exhortation. Someone has been writing that down and he's been preaching it and been writing it down and now Paul comes and takes a pen and he says, I... I beseech you. He's writing on himself now. Brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I've written a letter unto you in a few words, and that letter's at the end. The letter is just the last few verses. The epistle part. What he's saying is, brethren, I've given this whole book to the sermon, and I'm just writing a little epistle of a few words at the end. Suffer the word of exhortation. You see, people in those days were a bit like ourselves. Paul is saying the epistle is short. The announcements are short. The personal information is short. The information that everybody likes to hear is short. The sermon is long. The sermon is the whole book. And the wee information. The wee personal things. The announcements are just tagged on at the end. He's saying, brethren, I've just given you a little epistle, just a few words here, just, just a wee announcement, 
I want you to suffer the word of exhortation. I want you to be taken up with the word of exhortation. I think that's perhaps what he means. There are people who want long announcements. There are people who want information and news and stories and something about the situation, something about the life, something about what's going on in other churches. They want the intelligence, the information. Paul says, I've just written you a little, little letter. It's the sermon. It's the word of exhortation. I want you to suffer. People, oh, we don't want a long sermon. Tell us stories. Give us announcements. Tell us what's going on in other churches. Give us a report. Tell us what you've been doing all week, preacher. Give us this and that and the other. They want information. And you don't have to be spiritual to want information. You just have to be nosy. That's all. Paul says, I've just written you a little letter. Just a few words. Let me salute you. Timothy, he may come. Suffer all that I have proclaimed about Christ and the solemnity of apostatizing from him. Suffer the word. Suffer the sermon. Brothers and sisters, the sermon is the most important thing in your life. It brings Christ to you. It brings the word to you. It brings the spirit of God and his operations in your heart. And so congregation, what the apostle is saying here is, be a people who largely want the word. The word. It's a powerful text. Maybe it should be above the pulpit there, underneath that great text that we already have it. We preach Christ crucified and suffer the word of exhortation. That's the will of God for you and for me. It's clear. Let's do it then. Let's not be too disappointed. Why does our preacher just have 30 seconds to give the announcements? And he spends 40 minutes delivering this sermon. Well, it might be something to do with what the philosophy of the Apostle Paul is here. Suffer the word. Want the word, brethren and sisters. Long for the word. And be disappointed if the preacher gives himself an easy time and he brings something else in to tickle your ears. Demand the word. And if you can't do that, at least suffer it. As Christians who belong to Jesus, just bear with it for Jesus' sake.